everybody welcome to the pr podcast give you guys a better insight on how to master your bodies and raising your prs in and outside the gym my name is joseph i'm here with my two amazing hosts annabelle hi and morgan hello hello how are we doing today guys doing good pretty good <laughs> did you guys did you have to think about it you're like how am i doing today? i saw morgan's mouth start to move i was like what, what? i was just like ladies first let annabelle go first what a gentleman uh, yeah doing pretty good how are you i'm doing well it's beautiful. I can't complain. Summer's right around the corner, though. Love, I'm not excited. I love summer. I hate the summer. I can't Same. Wait. Yeah. I'm, yeah. This 90 degrees. Like, nah. This is my prime, like mid 80s, low 90s. Now give me like 65, you know, 73 tops. And I, I, I'm happy, man. My bones hurt in that weather. See, my body just runs hot. Like I, I just get hot too easy. Same. And Morgan knows this is all this muscle that we carry. We are just so muscular Same. i always I'm have always like sweat cold. going down my my chest so yeah. it's not fun sexy yeah <laughs> i was gonna say cleavage <laughs> you should have slides down to my belly button right there crosses you know my six abs yeah raise your hand out there if you just got a visual <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so you guys remember um the situation right from was that jersey shore show yes yep uh i had this um this customer come to my shop and he's like hey do you guys sell uh, the situation's protein and i go who like i had a feeling i knew what he was who he was talking about but i had to just verify so like, yeah the situation like the guy from jersey shore and i was like no nah, i didn't even know he, i didn't know he even made a protein yeah man it's like the best tasting protein i ever had i'm like all right man that's cool anyways he's gonna buy something else please so i'm like i'm curious so i'm like I want to know what, what kind of protein this guy has and like what he's advertising and how it looks, yada, yada, yada. So I go on his, uh, on his Instagram and I go to his link and boy, was I not let down. So I go to his, uh, his store for his supplement line and his amino acids are called brominos <laughs> and the BRO are capitalized, obviously, just yeah. in case you didn't catch that pun just by the name itself. And his uh, protein is called protein. <laughs> he has three different flavors. And the best part is he has a, um, a stack. You can buy all three flavors and it's called the threesome. If you want all three. <laughs> and then he has um, a full stack where you grab his like his full line of supplements called the brominator, like terminator, but brominator. Like I had a feeling already it was going to be somewhat like this but not to this extent it, it actually exceeded is, what is i predicted it was going to be oh man, he, he already has fight. aminos is there a fat burner what else does he have protein let's see well the, let's see well i'm on i'm, I'm on the site right now so the pre-workout is called grenade which is what they use to the term they use to describe ugly women hilarious <laughs> <laughs> ugly women. oh man the creatine is called creatine so at least uh he didn't alter that one and it seems like his fat burner might be explode so i think it has a normal name too you yeah give it to the yeah. guy man i that's pretty on point with his brand i would expect something like this from the situation and like the hilarious thing is is every single container every product you buy has a picture of him flexing on the on the container as well so hey <laughs> the, the man's doing it so if you guys want to spend 50 dollars on a two pound protein there you go. 
Go get yourself some protein. Clinically proven to enhance your bro mance with your boys in the gym. Oh. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Am I for him? About it? Dan, did I just invent like a jingle for him? I'm like the, J- I'm like yeah. the Jay-Z of jingles. <laughs> oh, man. Like I just like imagine what that conversation would be if you've had some protein in your house and like Morgan was to swing by. <laughs> He's like, hey, bro, can I get a scoop of your protein? Oh, yeah, bro. You go ahead. You grab a scoop of that protein, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like always have funny, like funny people just kind of come in with random questions. But and just the Internet in general is just a, a, a very funny place, especially with like the with TikTok nowadays. And TikTok is starting to get into the trend of fitness and health and supplementation and with this comes along a lot of BS that we have to filter through. And we went and we're, we're still going through this thing with Instagram, right? It's not as bad as it was previously with a lot of all the, like the BS. Cause now we have guys like uh metabolic Mike and Lane Norton, you know, bio lane kind of debunking a lot of these fake uh, people just trying to sell, sell people shit. And, but the thing is I have TikTok though, kind of just taking over when it comes to ingredient supplementations and trying to start, trends and basically um what annabelle used uh, before the show was fear fear mongering yeah and so i came across this video on tiktok of this guy talking about dasani water and he starts talking about like dasani water is the worst water you could possibly drink he, he goes look at the ingredients the first ingredient is salt and he's talking to this guy around right? the guy's like freaking out like oh my gosh there is salt in here and he's like yeah salt is designed to make you more thirsty and then he goes next ingredient is magnesium he goes, magnesium is designed to make you more thirsty too. And then the, he goes, and the last ingredient is potassium chloride. And if you guys don't know, for people who are on death row, potassium chloride is the very last ingredient they use to kill a person. And so the other guy's like, you know, this guy sounds so believable. So the guy he's talking to is totally just soak, just soaking into this, right? He's just getting this information. He's just freaking out like, oh my gosh, the signing water is going to kill me. And the thing is, like this video has millions of views on TikTok. So people are going to see this and immediately fear Dasani water. Now, listen, guys, I don't have a partnership with Dasani water. Or I don't have a discount code with them. I'm not partnered with them in any way, shape or form. <laughs> but this information <laughs> is just completely false. So I already knew what these ingredients were. But just to be sure, I did a quick Google search just to verify before I spewed out any type of information. So obviously, salt one thing is not going to kill you. Um, magnesium and potassium chloride, those are both going to be electrolytes. These things are vital for muscle and nerve daily function. They're, they're just good for all overall hydration and health. And the thing is, like, I've never drank a, a Dasani water and been able to taste the salt in it because it's so minimal that it literally, you can't even taste it. That's how minimal it is. Meaning that the other two ingredients are even, are going to be more minimal inside there, meaning that they're going to have basically no effect if you ask me they just put enough in there just to put in a label but there's a, a quote that i love that lane the bio lane uses all the time which is the dosage makes the poison basically meaning that too much of anything can kill you including water itself it could cause electrolyte depletion and literally shut down your all your organs and you could die and so i think this is very very crucial when it comes to almost anything in life that too much of anything can cause some type of health effects. Yeah. And just to be clear, it would take a lot of water combined with a lot of sweating or some sort of disease that causes you to not 
be able to like retain electrolytes or retain hydration in your cells. <laughs> so don't get scared about that. Oh, right. I'm over here <laughs> scaring people just to drink <laughs> water like, in general. Water's going to kill you. Too much water is going to no, kill me. Joseph just literally said, no, like yeah. think marathon runners who are running and sweating for hours and hours and hours, like, and just drinking nothing but water, which marathoners who are experienced won't even do that. They're, you know, having those gel packs with electrolytes or sugars, you know, just to make right. sure they have glucose and uh, salt or sodium chloride, which is just table salt, which makes sure that they can stay a little bit better hydrated. So it would take a lot. Still drink a like gallon plus of water, guys. <laughs> yeah, and like we always say, like mo moderation is key, right? With anything, just like our last episode, when we talk about caffeine, that's like the perfect example. Like whenever you're, whenever you hit that sweet spot of caffeine, especially like coffee, there's a lot of, there's health benefits to it. You get antioxidant health benefits uh, from, the, from the coffee bean and stuff like that. But obviously if you exceed a certain dosage, then you can also get negative effects. And as I'm <laughs> here disagree. sipping on my like, cup of coffee. No negatives. Yeah. When you're up to Morgan's level of like one gram of caffeine per day, I think you might be a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I can't believe this. This internet's going crazy, man. I wonder it's how wild, many people man. actually believe that. Yeah, like, a lot. Like you. Would like be I wonder if they really believe that. Oh yeah, there's this water is going to kill me. They're trying to kill me. They put this on death row before people die. So, like, I wonder yeah. how many people are really going to believe that. It's it's like it's not like, even the, it's it's not the information itself. It's the way that people present the information. Yeah. Because you could talk total bullshit, but if you sound convincing to an idiot, they'll believe you. Yeah. If you say it with enough confidence and if like the person on the receiving end of that information already like wants to feel victimized, like, oh, like <laughs> big water, big sugar, <laughs> like all these companies and government and regulatory agencies, like, you know, they already feel like they're <laughs> a victim. So. You know, that actually reminds me of a quote uh, that Denzel Washington said. He said, a lot of people are so quick to be first, not right. And I think that's the thing. I think when people hear this type of information, instead of questioning it, they're just so quick to uh, basically retweet it, you know, tell other people because they want to be the first to tell people. They don't even want to be right anymore. People just want to be first. I think that's a huge issue with, with a lot of things nowadays with supplements, fitness, media, whatever you want to call it. You know, uh, I think that's, a, there's a lot of that going on. It's funny because like, yes, that's true. But then also people don't want to take accountability. Like you'll see people like repost or reshare something that's like questionable or like, but then they'll be like, I mean, repost on their story or their feed, but then they'll say like, but I don't know, like, you know, leave it up. to yeah. <laughs> Like, why are you sharing it then? Like, <laughs> People who like you are going to like, are going to believe you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of this information that we're telling people is, is some, and sometimes it's old information, but it's stuff that needs to be reset because you'll have somebody who's a big name or has a big following spew out BS to people. And now we have to kind of circle back and retell people like, Hey guys, magnesium and potassium are electrolytes. <laughs> Cause for some reason people forgot about that. So if you drink a Gatorade, people are they're, they're going to drop dead because it has these ingredients in it. So you can't eat bananas, man. Potassium. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking death stick. Are you kidding me? 
All right. So today's main topic, though, since we had that really fun opening, is actually going to be on diet breaks re and, and refeeds. So what's the best way to go about a caloric deficit? Is it better to stay lineal with your calories and just continually chop away at them? Or is it better to give yourself diet breaks, meaning that you, you're in a diet for or a caloric deficit for four weeks and you give yourself about a one week off to go back to maintenance calories? Or is it better to do refeed days to which you eat at a caloric deficit for five days and then for your two weekend days, you go back to caloric maintenance? A um, couple of studies on this, which is very interesting. And I think this is going to help shed a light on hopefully to make weight loss a little bit easier for everybody. Now, just from experience, whenever I cut down for a show, I always do linear caloric deficit. But after looking at these studies, I actually might take a different approach just because they seem interesting and they seem a, what's the word, um, easier to drop, to drop weight. And so I'll have any kind of lead on this. Yeah. So I just for sure want to make sure like we assume a couple of things are in place. Like, so when we're talking about like someone that's undergoing a diet for whatever reason, calorie deficit is still what's going to get you there, whether you create that with nutrition or through burning calories through exercise or physical activity or a combination of both. Um, a diet break and or a refeed, which we might talk about, uh, isn't really even going to be necessary or relevant unless you're consistently in a calorie deficit. So someone, for example, who's like, oh, shoot, like I have a vacation or a special event or like a wedding or something to get ready for in like two, three weeks, like the calorie deficit for that two, three week time span is probably going to be like your number one thing that you're going to do. If you're talking a calorie deficit over maybe five, six, seven, 12, then that's when like a diet break or a, yeah, like a diet break would be beneficial. Um, and really like the studies, it's kind of nice because we're going to talk about two main ones today, but they've kind of shown like what is true with almost anything nutrition is it, it's just, it depends. So they're intended to make dieting easier and it's strategies that you can use. There's a couple controlled studies that we'll mention today, um, that you can take and kind of mirror for yourself, um, but you can also go, depending on how in tune you are with your own body, or if you're under the guidance of a coach um, or dietitian or nutrition coach or something, then they might be able to help you maneuver that too. Yeah. So one of the first things you want to talk about is going to be this Matador study. And <clears throat> this study was mainly done on, on obese men. Now, throughout this entire study, basically from beginning to end, when they looked at both groups, group number one was doing the diet breaks where I believe they were dieting for four weeks consistently. And then they would take a one week diet break when they would go back to caloric maintenance. Um, they, do you remember how long the study was for? Uh, let's see, 32 weeks. So yeah, very long and, study. Yeah. And so like, since we're talking about like the specifics about the study, like one thing to consider, especially women or ladies out there. Um, it's, it was a study that was conducted with 51 men and they were, um, considered obese or, you know, on the BMI scale, like 
uh, considered obese. So while this was a really good, like well-controlled study, this the results may not be relevant for everybody. 51 human adults is a small, super small sample size, but it did give some pretty good insight. It gave some good information. Yeah, so for the most part, basically throughout the entire study from beginning to end, both groups actually lost the same amount of weight. But there's a couple of things that kind of differentiate between the two groups. The group that actually did the diet breaks had a lot less dropouts than the group that stayed at a a consistent caloric deficit. And so that kind of just shows signs that maybe giving yourself these diet breaks actually might be good for more kind of just mental health purposes, either easier to kind of stick to your diets, easier to kind of stick to a lower um, caloric restriction. Um, and also these, this group also um, said that they felt more satiated as well when they were within this caloric deficit, meaning that that could be better as far as hormones go. So your hormones aren't, you know, crashing, you're not starving, you're less irritable, stuff like that. Um, and another thing they, that they noticed from the people who did the diet breaks is that they actually lost 50% more fat than the group that stayed at a consistent caloric deficit as well. And they actually preserved their metabolism two times as two times as well, meaning that less cold, uh, metabolic drop towards the end of the study, which is, which is phenomenal. Um, now, if, the thing, the thing with the diet break thing is that you have to know your numbers though. It's, it's, it's going to be a little on the difficult side because you have to know what your caloric deficit numbers are. And you also have to know what your caloric maintenance numbers are. And for a lot of people, that's very hard information to kind of keep track of all the time. So is before you get this started, you want to definitely not want to know what your numbers are when it comes to caloric maintenance and your caloric deficit. And, you know, the diet breaks are phenomenal and they're great if you have like a birthday coming up, you have like a vacation coming up, or if you're even going through a difficult uh, training block as well. So especially for someone particularly like a, like a power lifter, someone like Morgan, let's say if you're going through a caloric deficit, you, whenever you have your diet break, that could be a good week to kind of raise your, if you have like a stronger, heavier week coming up, that could be a good time to actually incorporate your caloric maintenance and your diet break. So I think you touched a little bit. Uh, I wanted to highlight like with this study, the, uh, resting metabolic rate, because that is one Mm. thing that they found. So a lot of times when uh, people have obesity or are considered overweight or obese, they do have some combination of metabolic damage. So this was kind of cool because um, if they're metabolically like either not able to adapt or they're adapting like too quickly, meaning like they don't drop weight as easily or as quickly as you would think someone who has obesity does, like that's beneficial. Um, And they also, with this study with these 51 men, like they found that leptin levels restored um, better, obviously, because a diet break, essentially you're in a calorie deficit. Your diet break means you break from that deficit and you just raise calories either to maintenance or sometimes a little bit higher, depending on what your protocol is. Um, so those are two like physiological benefits, like in your body, but then the psychological benefits are also something that the study mentioned, because a lot of people, um, when you're thinking, I don't know, I guess it's like kind of human nature, right? Like you don't, you don't like thinking like, sh- like long-term, like it's much easier for us to be like, okay, just let me just get through one week or two weeks. And then, you know, 
reevaluate and see what's there compared to someone who's like 16 weeks straight, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's some people who are freaks and they're fine with that and they could be okay with accepting that they're going to be in a calorie deficit that long. But I think it's easier mentally, emotionally to just be able to realize, okay, in two weeks, I may need or get or want I get a little break. A break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I get a little break. That it's called a break. Food. Yeah. Like that kind of, that, that helps. Um, diet breaks are also, if you don't want to use the word break, uh, it's like non-linear intermittent calories. Like, so it's basically like non, like there's all these different terms that like people use, but like basically a diet break is what we're using here. Yeah. When it comes to nutrition in general, the mentality game of it is going to be the number one, the number one thing. And that's one thing I always tell my clients, they go like working out's the easy part. It's easy to go in the gym, lift weights, do what you got to do and then go home. I go, but when you're in the privacy of your own home, that's the hard part when it comes to, when it comes to weight loss is the food. Cause it's easy, it's easy to snack and stuff. So yeah. So I think when you do know, you have these blocks of diet breaks, I think it, I think it, it makes it a lot easier to stick to a caloric deficit, knowing, like you said, hey, in two weeks, I get to raise the calories up a little bit and kind of have these pleasurable foods that I don't really get to indulge in during my caloric deficit period. So a couple things that I want to say what a diet break is not. So first and foremost, it's not formally defined. So diet breaks, like people who have studied it or created studies around it have defined it in different ways. So there's no one definition for a diet break. The gist is basically the same. You break your calorie deficit in some way, either, like I said, by getting up to maintenance or a little bit over, um, but it's not formally defined. The second thing is it's not a nutrition free pass. It's not like go balls to wall, eat whatever you like till you're sick, you know, forget the priorities of what your nutrition should be, which should be to like nourish your body, eat foods that make you feel good, eat foods that taste good, eat foods that like you're not allergic or have like adverse reactions to. Um, So it's not like, you know, it doesn't cancel all that out. Your body's still going to respond to raising your calorie intake. Um, With that, it's also not a cheat or like an excuse to binge. So it's ideally, if you're talking a calorie, uh, or I'm sorry, a diet break, then it's controlled, like it's strategically scheduled, and it's planned. And even if you don't, um, quote unquote, track, or you're not really sure, you're also not like, like I said, going balls to the wall. And it's not a barrier to progress. Like, so one of the things is like a lot of people say, oh, a diet break is going to set me back. If you've ever incorporated diet breaks, which I have, I like to, um, you'll notice you'll, you kind of push forward, like weight loss, fat loss is not linear. So it's one week, two weeks, depending on whatever your protocol is that could push you forward even more. Like after you come back down, like after your calories come back down. So a lot of people get kind of scared about a diet break because you're typically eating more calories, sometimes more carbohydrates. So you're retaining a lot more water. So your scale weight is fluctuating maybe a little bit more. You may be, um, uh, you may find like a little bit more like uh, subcutaneous, like, like water retention, like in your skin. So you may feel or look puffier, but that's, I mean, that's just your body, like 
thank you for these extra calories and carbs that are delicious. <laughs> yeah, definitely not something to panic over. Uh, Morgan, anything you want to add to the diet breaks before we move on to the next uh, sub? Yeah, I think um, what what Annie was saying, it's and you were saying too, I guess, it's very like psychological. Um, I'm a fan of them personally, just because if you have like if you know, okay, let's say you're not doing uh, well, we haven't touched refeed, but let's say you're going four weeks hard and you're dieting. And if you have that mentality, like so, certain people have different mentalities. Mine is, okay, I'm going to go hard for four weeks because I know after that fourth week, I'm going to give myself a diet break, right? It's kind of like a extra motivator uh, yeah. to push even harder than I probably would have if I don't know what's coming because I like to have a certain goal. So it could be just you know, the scale, the weight on the scale, but sometimes, you know, weight loss is not linear. So it might be just stuck. So if I tell myself, okay, no matter what, after four weeks, I'm going to give myself a diet break. It's kind of like, okay, cool. I'm not stressing so much. And even that, once you actually do the diet break, you do gain weight for the most part, at least in my experience, um, you gain some weight. Like I just finished one actually this past week because I was feeling destroyed from training. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give myself a little break um, and boost my calories up. And I'm actually up like three, four pounds than where I was. But I'm, I wasn't like panicking. I was like, okay, it's cool. I'll be fine. And the weight is starting to trend trend, <laughs> trend down now. So it's like. Uh, <laughs> There's a D there. <laughs> trend down now. So I'm down like two pounds. Uh, Oh my gosh, but it just really crazy. helps because you also get more energy and because after a while you just start getting tired and yeah. lethargic so that little and boost it's good for the hormones too yeah it gives you a little boost and um i guess we could touch on this later but i also like it because if your diet isn't that crazy you're not going 16 weeks hard without a a break as soon as you stop dieting you might just want to eat everything in sight. You might just want to rebound really bad uh, because mm -hmm. it was so hard and difficult as opposed yeah. to as if you were going hard for a couple of weeks and then you gave yourself a break. You're kind of building that discipline. Okay, for a week, I'm going to give myself a break. And that's like discipline right there that you're learning between the whole dieting period. So when you are done cutting or getting to your goal weight, you already kind of have built that discipline to kind of pull back and you might not regain so much weight like most people do once they're done with their their goal. So I'm a fan of yeah. that. Yes, for sure. I'm glad and you brought that's, that up. Yeah, and I, I think, think we're about to touch on the same thing right now. And yeah. go ahead. Go <laughs> I'll, ahead. Let you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you because because well, for I me it's going to lead into the next subject. Okay. So you yeah. Can go ahead and add on. Maybe it's the same. Maybe it's not. I was just going to say I'm glad you brought that up or like emphasize that if we hadn't yet because I think that's one of the things is like a 16 plus week diet, like if you're in a calorie deficit that long, like people do tend to rebound a little bit harder or, you know, regain weight, whether it's physiological, which that's part of it, your body's so depleted, it's primed and ready to like hang on to extra calories and carbs, water. Um, and also like mentally, like you're, like, because you gave yourself, yeah, it may have taken you a longer time to get to your end look or weight or whatever it is. But throughout that period of time, you've given yourself like a chance to have 
you know, more like less nutritionally dense, like more calorie dense foods that you would have liked, like more treat foods. So you don't miss them as much. And so it's not that big a deal. Like if you're around them or something like you, you give yourself that control back, um, which is nice. Is that what you were going to say? Maybe not. Yeah, pretty close. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Essentially the same as that thing. And and for, I was going to just say from my perspective though, with, with bodybuilders and the competitions I do, because typically the competition preps for bodybuilding, men's physique, stuff like that is typically between 13 to 20 plus weeks, depending on how much time the person needs. But during that time, it's a, it's a very just linear, uh, linear caloric deficit. I mean, you're just continuously chopping away. You very rarely give yourself any type of refeed or diet breaks. Diet breaks are non-existent. Let me tell you that much. I know for sure. Um, but this kind of goes into the whole refeed situation now. So refeeds are kind of like mini diet breaks, um, pretty much weekly or even bi-weekly. And it's something that I do incorporate myself when it comes to my competitions. I don't do them weekly. I don't do them bi-weekly. I do them probably about every three weeks where I'll give myself like a one big surplus day where I give myself um, basically one big refeed. But like, like Annabelle said, I'm not going balls to the wall, eating like burgers, pizza, sushi, all this stuff. You know, it's the same thing I'm eating that already on my diet. It's just more consumption of it. So more clean carbs. That's such a horrible word, right? Clean carbs. It's like, what's the definition of that? But more like basic carbs, more simple, complex carbs. Um, and then same thing with, with the fats. I'm doing just like, you know, whole eggs, olive oil, coconut oil, stuff like that. You know, I keep it very, very simple with, with my nutrition. Um, and it basically restores the glycogen. It, it restores my mental state as well. Cause when you're in such a deep deficit, your mental state is just complete shit. And so it really definitely helps incorporating these planned refeed days, or you can even call them earned days. It doesn't matter what, whatever you want to call them. It's the same concept at the end of the day. Now, um, there are studies behind this too. And kind of like what Annabelle said with the diet breaks, there's really no true definition when it comes to a refeed either. It's still kind of a new concept that's still kind of being looked at. But from the little information that we do know, basically overall is going to be the mental health aspect of weight loss. That's going to be the one of the biggest benefits. And the same thing through the refeed study, one thing that they noticed is that they had a lot less dropouts in the group that did not have the refeeds. Because whenever you did have these planned refeeds, these people, they felt a lot more satiated. They felt mentally just a lot happier with the, with the whole study, the whole caloric deficit situation. And, um, you know, this, this study here from March, 2020, which is a, the ice cap one, um, study. So they did, uh, they had a group of 27 trained males, male and females, and this is over the course of seven weeks. So the way they did this study was they did five days in a caloric deficit, then two days refeed every Saturday and Sunday where they went back to caloric maintenance. Um, both groups saw the same amount of fat loss, which is amazing. Um, but the people who did the refeed, um, every the, the two days, two times a week, they retain more muscle, they preserve the metabolism better, and they lost a little bit more strictly body fat because they did preserve more muscle because of the refeeds. Now, given when you're doing these refeeds, it's also going to slow down the amount of time that's going to take to lose this weight as well. So typically, if your prep was going to be, if you're a bodybuilder and per se 13 weeks, you might have to extend your prep to about 16 or even 17 weeks because you're giving yourself these refeed days. So yeah, the weight loss is going to be a little bit slower, but I mean, as long as you plan it out right to your show date, I mean, in my opinion, this could be the better way to go when it comes to kind of competition or even just 
life in general if you're trying to drop body fat? Um, I think I, I liked how you mentioned that you basically you eat like the same amount or same types of foods, just different amounts or larger amounts, which mm-hmm. um, traditionally I used to hear and read like a lot more like refeeds or mostly refeeds, not really diet breaks, but refeeds or like raising calories to maintenance or above, like you're prioritizing carbs. And usually it's assuming you're training and you're physically active, right? Like you're training. So those carbs are going to help you like push your workouts harder, like maybe get more out of them. But, um, in terms of fat, like if you raise your fat calories or your allow, like, you know, if you're tracking your macros, um, that is a good time to get in those like anabolic, like nutrients, like, so cholesterol from whole eggs or whole milk or whole dairy products. Like basically if you think animal fat, right. Animal fat byproducts. Um, so egg yolks, um, less, uh, lean cuts of meat and, you know, maybe chicken thighs instead of, you know, anything that has like animal fat, uh, that contains cholesterol and that's a precursor for testosterone and hormones. Holla. So, which is beneficial for muscle retention, for just feeling better. If you're um, in a calorie deficit over long term, a lot of people find that their testosterone levels are depleted, especially if it's like chronic dieting, like if you do this all the time for several months out of the year. Um, so, that's one benefit. Yeah. And especially when it comes to these refeeds, I mean, you could do the same thing that people do with the diet breaks is you could plan your training around it as well. So it takes about 24 to 48 hours for glycogen stores from carbohydrates to kind of restore within the muscle. So you guys could kind of plan that. So if you have like a heavy squat day coming up, have your refeed day, like a day or two before that heavy squat day or heavy leg day, and then go, you know, go ham. Hmm. (laughs) Morgan making the face like, yeah, heavy squats. See. I would say heavy curls, but I knew Morgan would like if I said heavy Cat squats. Day, baby. <laughs> um, yeah. And to that, um, for women, like you can strategically do a diet break or some sort of refeed on a strategic time during your menstrual cycle too. So there's mm-hmm. a lot more evidence, especially now that there's a lot more female athletes and trained female athletes who have their menstrual cycle are using their menstrual cycle and like hormone fluctuations to manipulate their training. So they know when to push harder, when to back off nutritionally. um, And this varies woman to woman and it can vary month to month, but most women will find a little benefit or even, you know, psychologically just a little bit more of a calorie increase um, when they're on their period or right before. So that's beneficial too. If you're finding that you're fatiguing more often, um, a little diet break might be beneficial for everyone involved. (laughs) Yeah, we did that full episode too on women and their menstrual cycles and the timing on when to train heavy. Yeah, superhuman hormones. So (laughs) that could be another time. Yeah, that could kind of be like the key timing to increase the calories and do and do a little refeed. Yeah. So overall, with it, when it comes to the diet breaks and the refeeds, it's kind of those things, something you just had to just look into and see what might be best for you. So if you're someone who is okay with having longer periods of being in a caloric deficit, then the diet break option might be better. But if you're someone who, who likes to be what we call a weekend warrior, then the reef, then the refeeds, you know, twice a week might be the way to go. 
but you know, again, if you're doing the refeed, you're going to caloric maintenance or possibly even a little bit lower than your weekly caloric deficit. Like you don't want to be someone who's in a deficit Monday through Friday. And then, you know, you're double the calories past your caloric maintenance on the weekends. And now you're actually gaining weight. So, you know, be strategic with your approach. So this is really good for people who actually know how to track their macros or know, know how to track calories and know what their calorie um, intake should be. So, I, I mean, I think these are great. Um, like I said, with both studies for people who gave themselves the diet breaks or the refeed, they, they felt more satiated mentally. They felt better. Um, they uh, maintained a healthier metabolism throughout the entire study from beginning to end. They lost a little bit more body fat. They maintained a little bit more muscle when it came to the weight loss. So, I mean, it's, it's great to look at it. And it's one of those things that you almost just got to try out to see which one works best for you. So, and then if you're just someone who's comfortable just staying at a linear caloric you know, deficit, then hey, more power to you as well. At the end of the day, it's all about mental health and just trying to what's going to be easiest for you. And it's one thing I always tell my clients is simplicity is key. You know, don't overcomplicate it. Whatever you guys feel like might be the easiest for you to stick to long-term, that's going to be the main um, successor when it comes to this. Maybe we should just mention briefly how each of us kind of uses uh, these strategies. Well, for me, like I said at the beginning, I do do the refeeds. I don't do them um, weekly, though, like like the way they did it for the seven week study. Um, I do mine about every two to three weeks and it's only for one day, but it will be almost um, double or triple the amount of carbohydrates I bring in. So my protein and my, and my fat stay the same. It's just um, a higher um, carb intake, basically just to help restore glycogen stores within the muscle. How much more do you eat? So typically, let's say if I'm like really deep into my, into my prep and my, and my carbs, like 120 grams per day, which is horrific. Um, I'll, I'll bring it up to almost like 400 grams wow. during that refeed. Okay. Yeah. And the pump is ridiculous. I don't think I've ever had 400 <laughs> grams of carbs in my life. <laughs> oh man. So much, so, so much 20? like That's potatoes. <laughs> So much potatoes or do like just like plain Cheerios or plain Rice Krispie like cereal. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man, easy. Nice. What about you, Annabelle? So I actually just did it uh, like these past couple months now. So I did like a 10 week training program. Like I followed this program um, where it was more uh, like for gaining muscle. Um, and I did it leading up to, I did a, a boudoir photo shoot. <laughs> so I wanted, boudoir. I didn't go, yeah, I didn't go for like a certain <laughs> like body weight or anything. I went for like a look that I was going for. So I wanted more full defined muscles. If that's, I don't know, that's what I wanted. Um, so it was 10 weeks and I did the photo shoot and right away, like I took, I did like a. I called it a deload, but I basically just took a week where I did whatever I was missing in my program. So the last few weeks I couldn't, or I, deadlifts weren't in it. So I just did deadlifts. I did like fun stuff. And then now switching over to, I'm calling it like, uh, like get ready for, well, it's like, I'm getting ready for, to fit into a wedding dress. So I'm like atrophying right now, basically, not really, but like, so my focus now is just like, leaning out a little bit more. So I started a new program after my diet break. It was about a week and a half that I did. And I strategically did it not on purpose, but there was a bachelorette weekend that was happening. So there was cocktails, there was 
you know, eating out. So it kind of, it worked out like pretty perfectly for me. And then um, now I'm following this other program, which is another 10 weeks. Um, and it like, I, I feel like I didn't miss a beat. Like it, it, that diet break like helped me. My calorie deficit isn't crazy. I enjoy eating. I like food. Um, and my diet break wasn't crazy either. I typically I'm like around like a, and I'm small. So this is like small. So it's like a two to 300 calorie like deficit. And I did, um, like a two to 300 calorie above maintenance. So if that makes sense, like I, so there was like a 600 ish calorie range that I was in for my diet break, which was nice. 600 calories is a lot for me. <laughs> wow. So Amazing. that's, that's the most recent that I've done and it's okay, fun. So, so the main thing I got from that is that you made too, too many gains and now you're trying to cut back on the gains to put in your dress. That's pretty much all I heard. <laughs> kind of. I was trying to explain this. Yeah. So I was trying to explain this to Tim because so I feel like right fashion models, they're usually thin, like really thin. In my opinion, this is all opinion based, obviously, but I think muscle looks better naked and I think fashion looks better on really thin, right? So I'm thinking that's, that was my logic. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to be naked. So I'm going to be muscly. And then opposite, like I'm going to be in a wedding dress. Nothing's going to show. So I should just get leaner. Hey, whatever makes you happy, girl. Yeah, makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I like Tim just smiled and nodded. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> hey, happy wife, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a smart man. He's like, hey, do you. Yeah, he's like, yeah, <laughs> that works. Nice. Yeah, but it's it's fun though, because like, so I'll mention, because I know we're talking nutrition, but like with training, like it's given me a chance to get back into something I used to do, like in high school, like, which was more running and like, I, people don't like running, but I like, I like it. It's like, I don't know if you've ever planned a wedding, like it's kind of stressful. I don't know. Even though it's like kind of whatever, it's not that big a deal, but like running has helped me <laughs> like just get outside. Like I'm working from home most days of the week. So I'm mm -hmm. stuck behind a computer. So like not only getting out and like walking, but getting out and like going for like a three mile run has been like bomb. And it's just helped me because like my program right now, the training program I'm following, I'm still resistance training. I'm still lifting, but I'm not pushing like weight. It's more like reps. Like, so I'm fatigued. It's less fun. Pumps are nice, but you know, you sacrifice. <laughs> getting toned. <laughs> oh yeah and after the wedding you're getting jacked again <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah i agree though skinnier people look better in certain clothing yeah yeah especially like like suits and stuff that's why we gotta yeah. waste extra money to get shit tailored tailored yep mm -hmm. yeah All my like if you picture like i'm picturing like g easy do you know like the rapper g easy yeah like he's super thin like but he looks really nice in suits and like he's tall and like lanky, <laughs> mm -hmm. but like compared to like, I don't know, who's like a big buff jacked guy, like the rock. Like Joseph. 
All right, let's see. Um, would you rather lose your vision, your vision, or your hearing? Hearing, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they both, that both will suck. They would both suck, but I would. Yeah, you can see. I don't know. <laughs> would you rather be Batman or Spider Man? Batman. Spidey. Yeah, Spider Man for sure. For your birthday, would you rather receive cash or gifts? Cash. Cash money, baby. Would you rather always have to say everything that's on your mind or never speak again? Always say everything on my mind. Same. All right. Last one. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a pretty easy one. Would you rather be the most popular person or the most smartest? Smart. Smartest. (laughs) Yes. That's what I figured. Yeah, I'll say. (laughs) Good job, guys. Those are good ones. All righty, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. So again, thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the PR Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow on the IG. You guys can follow us uh, at the podcast at PR.podcast. You guys can find Annabelle at Evolve.Annabelle. You guys can find Morgan at Morgan.Dakino. And you guys can find me at Fit underscore Fluential. Uh, be sure to submit your guys' questions to our Instagram if there are any topics you guys want us to cover in future episodes. And... We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Bye. Peace.